continuing the, the chapter, this series of Romans of Transform. You know, we always think, like, how am I going to fit in a Father's Day message to where it's just uh, where I, wherever I'm at in Romans. And sure enough, in Romans chapter 1, there were some perfect verses for today's Father's Day message, entitled The Message from Start to Finish. Speaking of a father's love that wants to be there for him in all stages of life, from the beginning uh, to the end. So Romans chapter 1, verse 10, where it says this, Paul speaking, he says, One of the things I always pray for is this, is for the opportunity, God willing, to come at last to see you. For I long to visit you so I can bring some spiritual gifts that will help you grow strong in the Lord. When we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. Father, we thank you for your word that is a sharp sword that can pierce our hearts, that can change us and transform us. So, Lord, may each of us today be open to receive from you, God, God the Father, words of life, words that have been spoken, that were written down thousands of years ago, yet here they are today for us, your word. May it change us, and I pray in his name. Amen. Well, Paul had a great desire to obviously preach the good news. He wanted to tell everyone how God had changed him, how he had received the message of life, how in God's mercy he took who he was a murderer. He took somebody that hated people. That God took somebody that despised people, that, that found purpose in hurting somebody else, and yet the message of Christ came into his life, made him a new person, put love inside of him instead of hate, put hope inside of him instead of bitterness, that God's love came into him and made him a new person, and he had to share it with everyone. But Paul was not just a preacher of this good news. Paul wanted to be a father. He wanted to father people. He wanted to be there with them. He wanted to show them that this message wasn't just a one-time experience, but it was the beginning of our life with the Lord God Almighty with us. And the Bible says, Jesus said, that you must be born again. And so when you receive Christ into your life, when you receive this, receive this new message, you're a baby Christian. We sometimes call you in church a baby Christian, somebody who is born again. You're, you're born into the message of Christ. You're, you're born into his church, into the family of God. And so Paul understood that. He understood that you are a, a baby. And spiritually, you're a baby and you need to be taken care of. And somebody needs to watch over you. And somebody needs to guide you and, and direct you. Somebody needs to show you the ropes. And so Paul, he had that heart. He had the heart of a father that wanted to be there at the very beginning. He wanted to be there in Rome to share the truth and, and to be there at the very beginning, and he wanted to be there every step of the way to the very end, from start to finish. And so Paul constantly prayed for the opportunity to go to Rome. I want to go there. I want to share this message. I want to, I want to be a part of the birthing of new believers, the, the birthing of people's lives being transformed. I want to be there for that, especially for those that were in Rome. And if there was a place that needed a father, a spiritual father, it was Rome. Because as I shared last week, the, the Romans, they hated the Christians. They despised them. They wanted to hurt them. They were like lions.
kids after a herd of wild buffalo, and they weren't interested in the, the adults that could defend themselves, but they were going after those babies. And Paul wanted to be there for them. He wanted to show them how to defend themselves. He wanted to build them up and to give them strength inside of them to take on any attack, to, to, to come across any difficulty in life and be able to stand. Paul wanted to be a spiritual father to those in Rome. And so this morning, I want to first of all say a big thank you to all the spiritual fathers of our great church. I wanted to say a thank you to all the men who serve in our children and our youth uh, ministries who give of their time. And I've been a part of, of, of several churches, and as, as a church leader in Utah, I, I visited churches. And when I came here in 2018, I visited churches in 11 states, and I've never seen the percentage of men uh, like the percentage of men involved in kids' life that is here at this church. It's amazing. It's powerful. It's encouraging. It's a blessing that our men care about our children. They love them. And I wanted to say a thank you to our youth and our children's workers for being involved in our kids' lives. And those who have served, yes, thank you. busy, and yet you've been there for our children, and all these men who have been there. And of course, I wanted to add in our, our home group leaders as well, because you are not only doing it spiritually, but physically. You've opened up your homes, you've, you've helped vacuum the house, you've cleaned, you've, you've made preparations for us, and you've opened up your homes. Thank you so much for doing that, and uh, has Doug never vacuumed before? Oh. Oh, only when he so you've done so much for us as, as men, and I just wanted to say thank you for opening up, especially I, this year as we added new people to our church, and I, I called a few of you and said, hey, we've got a new person, can you take them into your home group? And you said, yes, absolutely. You never hesitated. Thank you. Thank you for caring for each and every one of us. Uh, we're so grateful. We're so grateful today. Now to our dads that we call, you know, that, excuse me, now to the men that we call dads. As you look at verse 11 of Romans chapter 1, this, this verse screams out, Dad, right? This verse says, Paul, he said, I long, I long to be with you, spiritual children. I want to be with you, and I want to bring a gift to you. That's, that's got Dad written all over it. I want to be with you. I want to bring something to you. And initially, I began to think about the, the working dad and that whole process of the working dad that goes away that works hard, that's there spending time away from his family so that he can provide for them. And, uh, and then when he comes home, there's joy in the house. There's this excitement, and I've seen it. For me, growing up, I actually didn't have that because my dad worked and did work. So I don't recall my dad coming home because I was still sleeping when my dad came home, but I do remember and can still feel those moments of seeing my dad leaving for work at night. I could still see his black lunchbox, and it was one of those typical, you know, blue-collar worker lunchboxes that you opened up. It was black, and you had the handle on top, and you would open it up, and it always smelled like bananas. You know, because my dad always had a banana in there, and I could still smell that uh, lunchbox. I could still feel that moment of my dad. And my dad was a hard worker. Uh, he worked at Echo Lab in Joliet, Illinois, and he worked overtime whenever he could. And he, like many dads, did those things so that he could provide for his 
so that they could provide for us, so they could give us gifts. They, they wanted to be with us, but, but when they were with us, they wanted us to also have gifts. They wanted us to have enjoyment. They, they wanted us to have a vacation. They wanted us to have, you know, sports equipment. They wanted us to be blessed. We want to just say today, thank you, Dad, for all your hard work. Thank you, Dad, for all the hard work you've given to us. Thank you for the sacrifices that you've made, the extra time for taking overtime, for watching over us, for caring for us, for not thinking of yourself first, but thinking of us. You've provided for us to say thank you. And today we have a gift for you. I'll be out there. Uh, hopefully you, you dads need to get out of here. I'll be, I'll be out there waiting for you with your special gift, a special cookie that's been brought to you. And uh, we, we're so grateful for the uh, photo wall that's out there already. And you can take a picture. We just want to celebrate you and say thank you. Let me continue uh, with verse 12. It's, I, I read it to you, but this, this again shows the heart of a dad in verse 12. Paul said, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. And that's the heart of a dad. And I want to encourage you dads that you need to be an encourager in our life. I want to, I, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to give you something uh, that's going to help you, but, but I wanted to talk to you first, Dad. And I want to just tell you today and challenge you today to be an encourager. If you're trying to be a successful dad, it will never be, it will never be measured by your wallet. It will never be measured by your house or houses. It's never going to be guided by the title on an office door. It will never be uh, directed by any of those things. But it will be known by the amount of encouragement you gave your family. You see, money can, can disappear. But the encouragement of a father, it's always going to be there. You know, you, you can, uh, we, may, we may lose everything tomorrow. Who knows? The stock market may totally fall apart. But we'll have the strength our dads have given to us. We'll have the, the life and the encouragement. We'll, we'll find that strength in them and that hope that our dad has given to us. Dad's encouragement. That's the greatest thing that we can have in our life. It's more important than a vacation. It's more important than the latest toys out there. To, to encourage our children. And I want to inspire you today to be encouraging. Our families need us to encourage them. They need that. And it doesn't cost anything. It's, it's free of charge from your heart, from your soul. It's something that you can do. Even if you're tired, even if you you're not having a good day, you can still be an encourager. You can do it every day of your life. You can be an encourager. Do that for your families today. Do it. De determine right now, I'm going to be an encourager. And I thank God that this message was on my mind. And I just was like, you know what? Sometimes I forget. I, I don't forget to encourage you, but sometimes when I'm home, I do forget, especially my wife. You know, Alexandra is always on my mind. I've got to encourage her. I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to be her main mentor. But my wife, sometimes I forget. I say, well, yeah, yesterday I kept looking for opportunities and I found many to encourage and say, thank you. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for doing that. And I want to keep doing that. I want to keep reminding myself to be an encourager. And I pray that you will join me in doing that for the rest of our life. Now, the second part of that verse really hits home. It really
It says that Paul said, I, w- I want to be encouraged by you. I need encouragement is what Paul was saying. It screams out to, about life that I need encouragement. And let me first of all start by saying, uh, talking to those who on a day like today, on a day like Father's Day, where you might say, oh, it's so wonderful. I, I love Father's Day. I look forward to it. But then there's some of us today that it's difficult. It is a For many reasons, a Father's Day may not be easy for you. And I want to tell you today, God will encourage you. You will be encouraged today by God and by His goodness and by His grace. God wants to help you. He is the perfect shepherd. He is the good shepherd. If if you're hungry today, He can feed you. If you're broken today, He can lift you up. If you need direction today, He can guide you. He is the good shepherd that will be there for you, that will help you and strengthen you and give you hope and give you peace. And even if, if food's running out, even if those things are going out, He can guide you to a better place. He can lead you to a, green, a greener pasture. He is the good shepherd, and God is going to encourage you today. But we need to follow this example that Paul gave to us. We need to follow this example of expressing our need. We need to express our need. Paul gave us that example of saying, I need to be encouraged. Paul was a mighty man of faith. He did great things. He was a mighty man of God. He seen miracles. Uh, the Bible said that he would pray over handkerchiefs and it would go out and it would bring healing to people's lives. Paul was, you know, bitten by a viper and yet he lived because God had performed another miracle in his life. Paul had done great things. He had, you know, preached to crowds that were ready to stone him to death. And yet, he brought life to them. He had done many, many things. And yet, he had no problem confessing his weakness. He had no problem saying, you know what? I need encouragement. I need help. We need to live like this man. We need to be like Paul. We need to express our need to him. And I want us to be men this morning. Let me encourage you, first of all, as men, as dads, as men. Even if you're not a dad, if you're a guy, Today, if you're a male today, I want to encourage you to always be willing to cry out your need for help, to acknowledge your need for help, your, to acknowledge your need that you need to be encouragement. You cannot handle life on your on your own. You can't do it. It's not going to get better all on its own. Time does not heal all wounds. It's only God who heals all wounds. Now, someone who says, I need help, that's you. It's healthy. If you're saying today, you know what? My life is good. My family is healthy. My job is secure. My house is great. I'm doing great. You can walk into my office and see how great I'm doing. You know, I, I've got it all put together. I'm strong. I don't need help. It doesn't work this way. You do need help. You do need help. And I pray that your your mind today would be open to that reality and that your mouth would declare, I need help, I need encouragement, I need help in my life. And one of the greatest things that we can cry out to is God the Father. It's the greatest truth that I've discovered in my life is that God is a perfect 
Father, and He wants to perfectly love you. And that all of us need to cry out to God. It can be a happy Father's Day for all of us because God is perfect and He wants to love us as we cry out to Him, as we look to Him for help. The problem is we don't know. We want our independence, right? We don't want to be dependent on anybody. We don't want to look and stop what we're doing to ask for help. Oh, we don't want to do that. That, that's going to take time. I don't have time to ask for help. I don't have time. I'm, I'm already behind schedule. I need to press forward. I need to figure this out now. I need to get the latest YouTube uh, video to figure this out now. I don't have time. And I would say to you, you, don't, you cannot not afford to ask God for help. You always need to do that. You know, just you know, a simple example of my life. There's some times where, you know, as, as a pastor, I'm thinking about what I should be preaching next. And there's times where I stop and I think, you know what? I don't have anyone to pray for that day. I need to pray. And I'm the type of guy like, oh, no, I want to I have things planned out. I want to know what's going to be coming af- after this series. I want to know. I want to start thinking about those things. But I've got to settle myself down and say, no, I've got to pray. I've got to ask God for help. I need His direction. I need His purpose. I need help. I can recall my dad. He gave me a great example. He would wake us up early in the morning because we would be crying and praying. And then as a kid, I would be upset that he would be waking me up early in the morning. I'm like, Dad, do you have to really pray that loud? He said, can't you just be still and know that he's God? Can't you just kind of just find the presence of God in a quiet place? No, he would be crying out to God. He would just seeking Him and say, Man, I can hear His cries today. And, and I can tell you that as a kid, it might have irritated me just a little, but today it gives me strength, it gives me purpose, it gives me example that today I want to do the same thing. I want to cry out to God. I want Alexandra to know that her dad doesn't know everything, but I know God. I want her to know that I can't figure everything out, but I know who can. I want her to know that when daddy is is losing it or when daddy gets sad or when daddy doesn't have strength, I go to God and I find hope in him and I find strength in him. When I don't know what to do, I go to the word of God and I want to tell her today that I know where to go. I know that there's a rock that's higher than I. I know that there's someone that's going to carry me. I know that there's someone that's going to help me. And I need help. We need to be that example in the lives of our family, men. Whether you have kids or not, whether you have a wife or not, we all need to show that we are not afraid to ask for encouragement. We need to be encouraged today. We need encouragement. And let me say to you, uh, wives, kids, you as a dad, if you're a child again, your dad's there, that our dads need our encouragement. Dads need our encouragement today. And we look for those opportunities. And we look for those moments where we can say, you know what, let me just, i got to tell my dad thank you. i gotta, I got to tell him right now, dad, thank you. Send him a note. Call him. It's so easy for me to call my mom. I do that often with my dad. He's always at the gym. <laughs> like before, my dad was always riding his bike. I'm like, dad, I call him and I give him a new bike. He's riding the bike from dad. I'm riding my bike, and there'd be times he would stop. But I've got to remind myself, my dad needs encouragement. He needs to be lifted up. 
that, that we sometimes I might think he's invincible, that he doesn't need me to tell him anything. He doesn't need me to say anything to him. He does. He needs that encouragement. He needs that lifting up. Church, sister in Christ today, keep that in mind. Write it down. Remind yourself. Encourage him. Encourage him. I know there's times where we challenge each other and we need to do that. But may we never forget to encourage each other. And so look at the picture of a beautiful home, of a powerful home. We have dads who want to encourage us. And then we have everybody else in the home encouraging dad. Wow, what a home. What a spiritual home that we can have. What an uplifting home that we that we should have where people come in. Wow, everybody's encouraging everybody. Man, I don't believe this. What's going on here? I, I, I can't get an encouragement in here. It's everybody's doing it. And that's an exaggeration, but that's the way it should be. We should all be seeking it. And I, I think about that. Obviously, when, when we talk about marriage and how we sometimes say, yes, the Bible says wives should submit to their husbands. Absolutely, that's what it says. But then right after it, it says, husbands, you're supposed to serve your wives as Christ served the church. Man, I mean, if you have that cycle going on, time for fights. No time for arguments. No time for disagreements. Oh, yeah, you, you might have disagreements, but they're going to be handled because you're seeking to encourage each other. You're saying, no, 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 I'm going to submit this time. No, 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 I'm going to serve you this time. No, you don't understand. It's my turn to encourage you. It can be that way. It, it, can, it can happen with God, and I, and I pray for that. All of us are looking for opportunities to encourage each other, to help each other, to lift each other up today. Dads need and I want to tell you today, I want to just end today by encouraging you. A few weeks ago, I was, I was praying for our families. I was praying for you. I was beginning to think about uh, what I, as I was praying for our families, I, I began to think about what I was reading that morning. And I had just read John chapter 19. And in John chapter 19, there are some very interesting details to the crucifixion of Christ. And one of those details is that they came to break the legs of Jesus. And the reason why you read that in John chapter 19 is because it was the Sabbath and the, and the Jewish uh, leaders didn't want to leave the dead bodies up there, but they wanted to deal with those bodies. And so they asked the Romans to break his legs. And the Bible says as they were coming to Jesus, they were going to break his legs. Now the reason why, this, why, why they would break their legs is because when they were on the cross, the only way to breathe was to push up with their legs. And by pushing up, they could take a breath. But by breaking their legs, they would have no use of their legs, and they wouldn't have the ability to breathe anymore, and they would die just instantly. So that's why they were going to break the legs of Jesus. But the Bible says that when they came to Christ, they noticed that he was dead already. And so they didn't break the legs. And I began to think about that, and I hope you're thinking about that, because that was a very kind gesture by these Roman soldiers. But these Roman soldiers weren't kind at all. They had mocked him. They had hurt him. They had crucified him. They had even mocked him by gambling for his last possessions that he had. The only possession he had left was his full tunic that was in one piece. They had mocked him by gambling for that. So it wasn't the kindness of these soldiers that stopped them that day from breaking the legs of Christ. Oh, no, but what was it? 
What stopped them? Why didn't they break his legs? And I'll tell you, it was the word of God that caused them to stop from breaking the legs. Because in the Old Testament, God told the Israelites that when you give the Passover lamb, you are not to break the legs of the lamb. You're not supposed to break any bones to the sacrificial Passover lamb. The bones could not be broken. And then you read in Psalm 34:20, there was a prophecy concerning Christ that said he protects all his bones. Not one of them would be broken. So it was not the kindness of those soldiers that kept them from breaking the legs, but it was the word of God that protected and preserved those legs because God said his legs weren't going to be broken. Guess what? His legs were not broken. It's the word of God. Heaven and earth can will pass away, but His Word will never fail. It will always remain. I wanted today just to share some more verses from Psalm 34. Psalm 34 is the Word of God because when you declare the Word of God, you can declare it and believe it that it will happen. It's not a matter of, is this verse for me or not? It's for you. Listen to verse 4 of Psalm 34. It says, I prayed to the Lord, and He answered me. He freed me from all my fears. If you want to be freed from all of your fears today, just pray. Why is it important to pray every day? Because He'll remove anything that doesn't help you. He's going to remove that fear. It's not going to help you. He'll remove that worry because it's not going to help you. He will remove it. Verse 5, those who look to Him for help will be radiant with joy. The shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed, and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. Now, he didn't say he, he'll never send me to trouble, but he saved me from my troubles. So again, you know, I'm telling you, you will have troubles. Jesus told his disciples, you will have trouble. But we know that Jesus will save us from all our troubles. We have to believe it and know that those promises will never ever be taken from us. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear Him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in Him. Fear the Lord. That's who you should fear. You, His godly people, for those who fear Him will, all, will have all they need. You're going to have all you need when you fear God. Not if you have all the money. Not if you have that job. Not if you have that title. Not if you move to that state. Not if you get out of Illinois. No, no, no. None of those things. It's when you fear the Lord that you have all that you need. Now, nobody can move out of Illinois next week. I'm kidding. Verse 10 finally says, Even strong, young lions sometimes go hungry. Those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. This is the word of the Lord that cannot be broken. This is the word of the Lord that will stand forever. This is the word of the Lord that's for each of us today. It's the word of the Lord that I pray that's in your heart that you'll be able to stand. It's so important that we believe in the word of God and that we're reading it and that we're memorizing it. And that's why we're doing what we're doing on Wednesday to encourage you to memorize the word of God. Because when you have the word of God hidden in your heart, you will be able to fast faith any trial, any difficulty, and when you're not facing them, you'll be able to walk up to somebody who is and say, I've got something for you. I've got some encouragement for you. Let me help you out. My life is fine, but I can see yours isn't. Well, let me help you. Let me give you strength. Let me give you hope. I love that song. It just talked about 
I want to see how scared you are about your seat with somebody today. I want to share that with someone. I want to help somebody. And so as I began to, again, continue to contemplate the bones of Jesus being protected, Jesus was on the cross. He was dead. He had no power to protect himself. And in essence, we know on the cross, he, he had given it all up anyway. But God was still protecting his word over his son's life. He loves you. He loves us. He's going to protect his word over your life. Just put it inside of you. Just keep it there. Keep memorizing it. Keep living it. Keep declaring it. Keep believing for it. God will protect his word. And as I continue to, to think about this, that whole scene and that promise from God, it then hit me. As I began to think about the bones of Jesus and why that was so important, that none of his bones are to be broken. And it hit me that life will come after us. Trouble will come. Trials, are, we're not exempt from trials. You and I will be in fights and we might get cut. We might get punched. We might get hit in the gut. But I can declare to you today from the Word of God, we will never be broken. We will never be knocked down. We will never be knocked out. We might be hit. We might be bruised. But we will stand upon the Word of God. We will stand strong in the Lord. And I want to tell you this, that because your bones will never, your spiritual bones will never be broken and your spiritual legs will never be taken from you, that you will always have the ability to take another breath. I can take another breath in you, Lord, so I can keep praising you and I can keep thanking you and I can keep declaring the word of the Lord in my life. You'll, the ability, that breath will never be taken from you. It will never be snatched from you, but you always have the breath of God. You'll always have the ability to say, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. You'll always be able to thank Him. You'll always be able to praise Him. You'll always be able to encourage one another. You'll always be able to be a blessing. I pray that the Word of God is in your heart today. I pray that the Word of God is stored up in you today. I pray more than anything that tomorrow morning you can't wait to get into the Word of God so that you can be built up and you can be strengthened by grace in you today. I want to invite the worship team to come up. God is so good to us. He has promised. He has given you promise. Your spiritual bones will never be broken. You'll be always able to be able to stand upon God's Word. You'll always be able to stand in His presence. You'll be able always to praise the Lord. You'll always be able to serve God. That will never stop. That will never end. You'll always be able to encourage people. You'll never have a day that says, you know what, today I can't encourage anybody. Sorry. Nope, that won't happen for you. You'll always be able to encourage people. As you stand this morning. Father, I just want you to, again, move by your Holy Spirit. I thank you for your promises, Lord. Your promises that are for us. And I pray that every day we will take in your promises into our life. This isn't phony. This isn't a name it, claim it, blab it, grab it message. This is standing on the promises of God. Your promise, Lord, to be with us, to never forsake us. Your promise, oh God, that we, our spiritual bones, will never be broken. We'll always stand. 
will always worship you. Oh God, help each one this morning is to come into your presence to find your promises. Name in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's worship the Lord today.